Hi, this is Pastor Furman with Lubbock Unified Church. Uh, you are listening to Messages on the Go. We pray that this message will bless you today and that you will receive a word from God that will help you in your life. If you ever want to visit us in person, feel free to stop by any Sunday, 2707 34th Street. Services are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Or you can join us for a Wednesday night refuel service with some prayer, some worship, and a word every Wednesday at 6.30, same location. We would love to have you. Now, let's jump into this week's message. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Everybody doing good? Yes, sir. Yes. Summer treat you kind? We're blessed. Hopefully not getting as dark as me. <laughs> So I'll be getting super dark. We have a pool a lot. It's a good thing, but kind of makes Desiree nervous, you know, the kids in the water. And I, I pray that this summer will be for refreshing for you, that, man, it would just bring fulfillment, bring some satisfaction into your life. And I think that's something we all spend a lot of time searching in our life is satisfaction. And I always tell you, all right, don't settle for anything less than God's goodness because he has some good things for you. And, and that in itself, that's not a bad thing, right? Settling for anything less than that. But it can be a little troublesome. It can bring some problems when we mix the search of satisfaction with a lack of appreciation. When you have those two things, you can end up with a place full of discontentment. Okay? And so as I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about I mean, just life and just kind of where some people are, it brought me to this verse in Proverbs chapter 14, I want us to read this morning. Proverbs chapter 14, uh, verse 30. And it says this, a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body and jealousy is like cancer in the bones. A peaceful heart, that means a heart that is full, right? A heart that is content, and it brings balance to your life, physically, mentally, spiritually. And it helps you have sound decision-making. Some of us need, right? We all need that. It helps us see things more clearly. helps put things in the right perspective. It makes us healthy. And then we read the opposite, though. Jealousy can be like a cancer. And when I think about content and being content, you know, we all have situations that are either going to propel us and make us better, or they can have a strong negative impact in our life, an impact that makes us uncontent with our situation, uncontent with the things that we have. And that's a dangerous place for any believer, any person in this life. And I want us to learn the art of being content, the art of content, of how to have peace, how to have joy, no matter your circumstances, no matter your situation. And we're going to be looking at a couple of different areas that a lot of times can lead to your discontentment. Okay, It can lead to your unhappiness. It can lead to you chasing things that you shouldn't. It can lead to you becoming jealous. It can lead to a cancer in your life. You know anything about cancer, usually you don't just get cancer and die the next day. It starts to deteriorate you from the inside and affect you on the outside. And that's the thing. Being discontent does that as well. It will eat at you from the inside and over time it will consume you, it will overtake you until it leads you to a place of destruction. And I don't want that for anybody. God doesn't want that for any of us. And so I just pray this morning that uh, as we get started, that God will speak to our hearts, but also we will learn how to be content where we are, but also where God leads us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let, let's pray. 
Matter of fact, does somebody like to pray? Someone want to pray his hand? Come on, baby. Bring me in, brother. Lord Jesus, thank you for families. Thank you for your blessings. We pray for those who are in pain today, all over the world. The war in Ukraine, the family and children that are suffering. We pray for our families. We thank you, Lord, for us being here today with Pastor. Let us learn something while he reads the word. And we just want to give you all the glory, Lord, and thank you for everything you do. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, baby. Kind of like you prayed, right? We're all going to be facing trials in our life. We're going to have difficult seasons. We're going to have things that come up that we weren't prepared for, catch us by some surprise. And oftentimes when we find ourselves in this, we want to automatically find a solution, right? We want to change the situation. And sometimes that means you quit a job. You're like, you know what? I, I should just quit. Sometimes it means you leave a friendship or you move away. And that isn't a bad thing all the time. You see, if God is telling you to do this, the Holy Spirit says, hey, you need to quit this job. You need to leave this relationship. You need to make this change. Well, then I say, yes, you better listen. You better do it, right? But a problem that we all find ourselves is, is the moment that we are met with conflict or difficulty, we're automatically looking to make a change. And that's the danger of doing it without God. It's always doing something without God that gets us in trouble. And so I, I pray that when we find ourselves in that moment of difficulty, and we start to say, man, I think I need to do something that we would seek the Lord before just acting on it, okay? We have to seek the Lord. Because what could be happening is we're getting a red flag from ourselves about some discontent in our life. Maybe it's something that we're seeing, we're looking at it the wrong way. Maybe we're not grateful for the things that we've been given. Maybe we're missing the lesson amongst the mess that we're in. And so we have to be careful because discontent can impair your decision making and discontent is the soil that jealousy gets birthed out of, which leads to the cancer and leads to a whole list of problems. And so usually we're gonna look at three areas, but this first area is one that, man, is often hard for many people. And it starts right here. I want us to take this this morning. When you don't accept yourself, you'll always try to be someone or something that you're not. You don't accept yourself. That means you don't love yourself. You don't embrace yourself. Man, there's a good possibility that you'll start chasing after something that you weren't ever created to be or that you're not. And you think about this. The world that we live in, right? How many of y'all know what the Edgar haircut is? You know what that is? It's like a chili bowl looking haircut. Yeah. When I was a kid, I had the chili bowl haircut, but that wasn't by choice, okay? That was because my dad, that's when he cut my hair. <laughs> but nowadays, what you see is you see certain people with the same haircut, same dress style, same everything. It's like there's copies of, of different people than they are themselves. See, when people don't understand who they are, they don't accept themselves. They'll look to replicate themselves or change themselves to be like somebody else. Just the other day, I seen in the news that this lady was 32 years old, beautiful young woman, but she died from having plastic surgery. If you would have saw her picture, you would have thought, like, what is she trying to change? What is she trying to do? Just because we don't understand why somebody would believe that, it shows a lot about accepting ourselves, embracing ourselves. Church, living to be somebody else is a dangerous life to live. It's one that, unfortunately, it resulted in this young lady's death, 
But the same thing can happen to us. You don't have to be getting a procedure done to change yourself to lead to destruction, to lead yourself to death. Many people spend their lives chasing after things that aren't for them, and they miss out on the things that God has already given them. Chasing something they were never created to be. And as soon as we begin to chase after these things of someone else, of something else, we're going to, man, immediately begin to lose sight of who we are, of who we're created to be, of all the gifts and all the talents and all the things that the Lord has blessed us with. And last week I had talked about, right, you are chosen, you are loved. I had to say that because I want us to receive it, I want us to embrace it, I want us to accept it. But you are also gifted. You are also made with purpose. And I want to read this this morning in Psalms 139. It's a beautiful passage just about how gifted and beautifully made we are. It says this in chapter 39, verse 13 through 17. You made all the delicate and inner parts of my body and knitted me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in the utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. You are not an accident, church. There's only one of you in this world, and part of your purpose in this world is to be you. Not look like somebody else, not dress like somebody else, not talk, not act. To be you. His word tells us that we're made in his image. And if you really think about this, God is a holy God, right? That means he is pure. That means he is perfection. That means that we are concepted. We are made from that holy place. We are made from purity. We are made pure, holy, perfect. We don't always view ourselves that way, right? Because we are human. We mess things up. We kind of mess up everything. And in Jesus, we can reclaim that same perfection as we live. And he's gifted each one of us with different personalities, different gifts, different traits that the world needs, that he's trying to use in this world. So God gave you exactly what you need to follow his will, to live a life that glorifies him, to live a life that shows his image to you. And dwelling on the things that we lack or we would change, it takes us from our purpose. It takes us from appreciation of his gifts. It takes us from what we're created to do. So you were meant to be somebody great. You were made with purpose. And we have to learn to accept this, embrace this for who we are created by. Many people live in the world and they don't know who they are. They're searching, they're trying to discover what that is. And God's like, man, if you just spend time with me, I will show you all the beautiful things I made about you. Mm. All the wonderful things that I love about you. Mm. A lot of times I used to be like, man, I got too many moles, Lord. You didn't have to give me all these moles. But I learned to embrace it. I learned to say, man, Lord, I'm glad that you made me unique, that you made me different, that I don't have to look like somebody else to accomplish your mission, to live a life that glorifies you. I could be me all day, and you are still going to get everything that you wanted out of me. And that's the same truth about you, church. God made you beautifully, wonderfully. It's a match the value and worth of being you. And the world needs it. The world needs more of you. 
And if you never appreciate what you have, you will never be at peace with what you don't. You never will. So we have to start by accepting us, embracing us. That doesn't mean we got it all together. That doesn't mean that there's some things that we need to work on. We all got some stuff. But we have to start by saying, man, God, I thank you for how you made me. Sometimes we are going on with accepting ourselves. We struggle about accepting things that we've done in our past or maybe things that we've experienced in our past. And there's no changing what's already done, right? We can't change what's already happened in our past, the decisions that we made, the things that we've experienced, but we can change now. We can change what happens moving forward. And I want us to receive this this morning, take this away. When we are reluctant to deal with our past, it's always gonna affect our future. It's always gonna even affect right now. Well, we don't wanna look back and deal with some of these things. How many of us know somebody that is hurting still from their past? They went through something traumatic, they made a wrong decision, they had an experience that man, really messed them up and they're still struggling today. And years have passed on. Church, that happens to a lot of us. When we try to avoid it, when we try to ignore the things that we've been through, just because we ignore it or avoid it doesn't mean that it's erased. It doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It still did. There's no escaping that. And you're not gonna find healing or deliverance by trying to avoid it altogether. That just leaves greater room for you to be infected in the present and in the future. And that's how we end up in chains of guilt, in chains of bondage, of shame, in chains of feeling like we're never gonna get any better than this. That's how we get tripped up when we're trying to walk with God or we're trying to trust with God or our past is still there and we're not wanting to work with him through God and say, nah, I'd just rather not. And we still have some of the struggles that are coming from it. I know some people that have rage and they don't even know where it comes from. It just bursts out on them at times. But what if your rage is caused by something traumatic you experienced when you were younger? Where you're like, man, I wish I would have stepped up. I wish I would have done this. And now that rage pops up in your life now. Sometimes fear. Fear can pop up in your life from things that you experience. Fear of being rejected. Fear of failing. And so now you're scared to take a step forward when God calls you to do something greater than you could imagine. You're afraid that you're going to be rejected when you go and walk into this place or talk to these people. Your anxiety can be rooted from the many different things. I know some people with anxiety of large crowds. Sometimes it might be an experience where they were gathered in a large crowd and, man, it just overworked them and overstimulated them. And so now they avoid all large crowds. They just stay at home. They move out the way. A lot of us have things in our past that if we leave not dealing with them, it's going to be affecting us right now and moving forward. But that's not what God wants for all of us. He wants us to overcome these hurdles, to overcome these things. And I had learned this this year about this thing called ACEs. And it's this whole test, and it kind of diagnoses you if you've had trauma, if you've had bad experiences. It stands for Adverse Childhood uh, Experiences. I'm trying to think. Adverse childhood experiences. And in this test, there's 10 questions that you fill out and they just ask you. And then at the end, it gives you the score. And the higher the score, that means the more increased uh, risk you have for health problems, for mental problems, for all kinds of uh, problems that you never realize. I took the test myself and I was like, we'll see what it says. 
And I scored like one of the highest scores you could test. And I said, dang, I'm a pretty jacked up person. I'm pretty messed up. I would have never known that if I, you know, yeah, I've been through some things, but I don't think about those things as being roadblocks or being an obstacle. But that test, it made me realize, you know what, there's probably some things in my life that I've never dealt with that are still affecting me right now, that I've never moved past with, that I never received a healing. And that's the thing, church, we have to unpack these things. We have to walk through them, even as painful as they can be, because it could be preventing you from enjoying things. You could be setting yourself up for an increased risk in your health, spiritually, physically, emotionally. Did you know that suicide is one of the leading causes of death in our country? It's one of the leading causes. The survey said in 2021 that an estimated 12.3 million adults seriously thought about suicide. It says that another 3.5 million made a plan and 1.7 million actually attempted suicide. The research also showed that it's not a singular event that led these people to these decisions. It was always a series of things that they experienced that they never unpacked, that they never dealt with. And that's a dangerous church because there's a lot more than just the suicide. Sometimes people got diabetes, high blood pressure, all these complications that a lot of it had to deal with them in their past that they never dealt with. So you could think about the decisions you made or things you experienced about and think, man, there's no way I can overcome these things. They're just too great. But that's not true. Because the Lord said that in Him, you could overcome all things. That in Him, you could be delivered. In Him, you could be healed. In Him, you could receive the help that you need, the deliverance that you need. I want to read this verse out of Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 2. Because it speaks to this truth. Romans 8, chapter 1, Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. That means we can be set free from our past. Whether we made these mistakes or it was something else that we experienced because of somebody else, we can be free from it. We don't have to stay tied up to it. We don't have to keep bringing it up. It doesn't have to keep haunting our life right now or moving forward. No condemnation. That means no severe punishment. That means you're not going to feel the weight of these things that you've been through. The Word of God says that you are made new when you belong to Him, right. when you come to Him. That those things get buried. They get put away. They get knocked off of you. That means you don't have to keep walking around with them. You don't have to keep living with them. It's not a part of you anymore. But you have to go to him to deal with it. You have to go to him to get healed with it. We can be healed. We can be delivered. We can be redeemed. We can be made new. So that way those old ghosts don't keep reappearing. So we have to learn to accept ourselves. To work through our past right. Accept it. Address it. And this is the third thing. This is always difficult for many people. Holding on to ungodly behaviors or attitudes is going to breed discontentment. This is going to be the tough one. Holding on to ungodly behaviors or attitudes breeds discontentment. Before we have a relationship with the Lord, we think what right and wrong is, right? We have a good idea of what it is, what we should do, what we shouldn't do. But the thing is, it filters all through us. So that means that we make the final call. No matter what anybody else says, oh, it's not that bad, I'm going to go ahead and do it. 
But when you get in a relationship with Jesus, what you quickly learn is God has his own standard, right? You read his word and you start to learn that he has his own principles about things. We start to get directed by the Holy Spirit and Jesus starts to be that example for us. Things start to change in a way. And I know I shared last week that when we live a life apart from God, we're going to live a life that's discontent. That's not fulfilling. That's not satisfying. And part of our discontent could come from our behaviors and attitudes that we haven't addressed. I want to read these verses about some of these behaviors and attitudes because maybe you've never thought about it this way. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, it says this. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? He said, don't fool yourself. Those who indulge in sexual sin or worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or are greedy or drunkards or, abuse, or abusive or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Let's go to the next verse. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21. He says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I've said before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Church, if we don't go to God and address our sinful nature, there's a good chance that we're going to hold on to something we need to let go of. And both of those passages have said, man, that if we don't do this, we're preventing ourselves from experiencing the kingdom of God, from being inherited of it. In other words, if you're doing wrong and you're not going to God to receive help for it, you're going to continue to do wrong. You're going to continue to hold on to these things. And don't fool yourself because it's not going to be okay. There's going to be something he's going to hold you accountable for once he's revealed it to you. So does that mean that you just got to be perfect walking with the Lord? No. He's saying, hey, I want you to bring these things that you're struggling with and let me help you with them. Let me work with you through them. Don't do it all on your own because when you try doing it on your own, you're going to fail. We have to go to him. We have to learn how to do this with him. And as I was reading this and going through this, it reminded me of when I would go to the prisons. And I would go and talk to guys and do prison ministries. And some of the dudes would tell me some stuff. And I'm like, they would tell me, man, pastor, let me tell you how the Lord blessed me. Before I got locked up, man, I got pulled over one time. I had so much dope on me, man. I had been gone for life. Like, the Lord blessed me that day. And I tell them, like, no, the Lord did. The Lord blessed you when you went to jail. When he made you quit selling drugs. That's when the Lord blessed you. That's when he put a stop to it. Not when you got away with it and kept doing it. And it made me think of myself. When I was young in my faith, I thought, you know what? I could go to work. I could get high. I could be high at work all week. I could go to church on Sunday and serve and everything's going to be cool. I'm going to cancel each other out. I thought that was going to be the blessing to my life, to my relationship with my wife, my children, with God. And what happened was, it wasn't. What happened was my relationship with God was getting separated. It was getting further away. My relationship with wife was getting further away. I almost lost everything because of it. Because you can't fool yourself. You're either going to get things right with the Lord, or you're going to continue to, man, reap what you sow. 
And that's the thing. He's not saying I expect you to get things done and be perfect. He's saying I want to work with you through them. You got to bring them to me. That's the difference between doing wrong on your own and doing wrong and growing and seeking the Lord and learning through. We got to learn to do that. Because there's handfuls of destruction and separation waiting to happen in our life when we don't. I want to read this verse out of James chapter 3. It says this, verse 14 through 16. If you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. James is just saying, man, look, when you're being selfish, when you want to do things your way, you're going against God, it's going to catch up with you. You're not going to receive blessings for that. It's always going to bring forth every kind of evil. So we need to identify it in our life. Not be deceived by it. Not be foolish about it. But go to God with it and allow Him to help us overcome it. You can't lie or, or, or cover up the truth. It is what it is. There's no moving around it. There's no changing it. But when we leave it unattended, it's a recipe for disorder in our life. For destruction in our life. In Romans 12, 21, it says, man, don't let evil conquer you. Conquer evil by doing good. You're only going to be able to do good if you go on with the Lord. So don't lie to yourself. Man, behaviors and attitudes that are of God, they're not going to be blessed by God. Many people's discontentment, it isn't in them not accepting themselves or not working through their past. Most of it comes from them holding on to things that they're not willing to let go of. Things that God already kind of tried to address and work through them with. That's where people find themselves messing up. Because they're trying to do things in their own power and in their own strength instead of seeking the Lord and walking with Jesus through it. But Paul gives us the secrets of contentment, the secrets of all of these things. Let's check out Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 through 13. It says, Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Yeah. That's where it all boils down to. Of Him being the filter in our life that we flow all of this so we can learn to love ourselves, so we can learn to embrace ourselves, so we can learn to work through our class, so we can learn to address those ungodly behaviors and attitudes that are messing up our life. You have to go to Him. So this is my challenge for all of us. We have to do everything through Jesus. It's that hard and that simple. We got to go through Him. But the beauty is He's going to give us what we need to overcome. He's going to give us the strength that we need. So we have to address these things. We have to accept them. We got to learn to appreciate them. We talked about it, man. You can have contentment in your life. You can have joy. Not happiness, okay? Happiness is always based off of your situation, off of your emotions. Happiness is circumstantial. But joy is something you can have no matter the season, no matter the trial, no matter the place. 
And that's what you can have in Christ. That's what you can have in Jesus. So even if you are struggling with an ungodly behavior or attitude, you can still have joy and you can still receive correction. You can still overcome when you go through Jesus. I go through yourself, it's not going to happen. I had a brother the other day who was like, man, pastor, I'm struggling so much, but I'm going to give it all my strength. I said, no, don't give it all your strength. Give it to the Lord. Right. Use his strength. Follow his plan. That's, right. That's how you're going to hold it. It's not going to be through you. It's got to be through him, church. It has to be through you. All your burdens to him. You have to give it to him. That's how you're going to learn how to love yourself, how to accept yourself, mm -hmm. how to be to your fullest potential and beyond that. That's how you're going to learn to put all the baggage and all the past on the table and walk through that pain and walk through that hurt and walk away out of it better. That's how you're going to learn how to shed these things that are not of the Lord. We have to go through Jesus. So the key to contentment lies not on our circumstances, but on God himself. It's on him. And the next time that we're frustrated or we want to change the situation, we need to look inside first, right? Unless Jesus said, this is what we need to do. We need to pause and say, hold up, this might be coming from a place within me that needs change. This might be something inside of me that I need help with. Maybe I'm not accepting the way that God has made me. Maybe I'm missing out on the healing that I need because I'm not looking at things that I need to address from my past. Maybe there's some ungodly things about me that I haven't approached the Lord with repentance of turning from it, seeking his help to overcome. Whatever the case, we have to turn to him. He's the only one that's going to give you true peace and fulfillment in his life. It's not going to come in anything else. You can have glimpses of it in different things, but it's never going to be satisfying or lasting. It's going to be fleeting and chasing like the wind. We have to go with Jesus. Let me pray. Father, we thank you that through your word you always speak truth. But you do it in a loving way. So even sometimes when you say something to us that seems that is hard to receive, we know that it's coming from a place that we need to address it, a place that we need to accept it, a place that we need to appreciate the way that you love us through it. And so, Father, I just pray for all of us, Lord, that we will learn to be all you created us to be. We thank you for making us all beautiful and unique, all gifted, all having purpose. Help us walk in the fullness of that, Lord. Help us embrace the things that maybe we see in somebody else and we wish we had for ourselves. Help us, man, remove that attitude. Remove that mind frame in the name of Jesus and replace it with your truth. Help us receive the fullness of you, Lord. Help us be able to walk through the things that we messed up in the past or things we've experienced and receive healing and deliverance from them. Help us go to you with it. Not to somebody else, not to other forms of places that we feel are going to numb the pain. It's going to help us block it out, Lord, but help us walk through it with you so we can help another brother or sister that may be doing the same. And Lord, all the things that are not of you that we are currently doing, Lord, we thank you for your grace that says you're always going to love us despite us, that says that you're always willing to work with us through it. Father, help us not be running from you, but running to you. So anything that we are doing currently that is not of you, Lord, I thank you that you forgive us, but help us receive the forgiveness by going to you. Help us overcome it by addressing it with you. Help us not hold on to anything that is not of you by trying to do it our own way. 
Jesus, we need you for this. But thankfully, thankfully you said you were willing. So help us walk with you in it. Father, we love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening today. Uh, follow us online at Lubbock Unified on all platforms. And as always, if there's any way that we could help you, please get in contact with us. Other than that, join us next week as we continue to find ways to cross over. God bless.